Man United were playing uh, you'd be like sitting here in your Man United jocks all week right Not the quite. fact that it's Man City about to do a treble you are studiously ignoring it let's, let's just call it it's true OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app Off the Ball Daily you're welcome to Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always until five. We hope you're doing all right and enjoying the summer so far. What is coming up on the show today? Well, it is the Champions League final tonight in Istanbul. Manchester City against Inter. Johnny Ward and Shane Keegan will be in studio with me for Football Saturday between three and five. We'll also be live to Turkey where Dan McDonnell is with the Republic of Ireland squad six days out from the qualifier against Greece. The Munster and Leinster senior hurling finals are down for decision tomorrow. That is the focus of the Saturday panel with Owen Kelly, TJ Ryan and Brian Hogan looking ahead to Limerick versus Clare and Kilkenny against Galway from half one. It's been a mad week for the sport of golf. The former European Tour player Gary Murphy will analyse the merger of the warring parties at about 2.35. We'll also keep you right up to speed on all the details from the world of sport, including the French Open women's tennis final. 53106, the number for your text. If you want to share your opinions with us when it comes to sport or if you have any questions for our guests during the show, you can also tweet us at Off the Ball. We will start with the news round, as always. Anne Marie Donnell and Aidan Delaney in studio for your Saturday afternoon. How are you both? Oh, good, good afternoon, John. We will start with the League of Ireland last night. Lots of matches and a really good evening for the hoops. Yes, champions Shamrock Rovers are six points clear at the top of the SSE Airtricity Premier Division table today. That's after they beat Dublin Neighbours UCD 4-0 at Tallis Stadium last night. Jack Byrne, Graham Burke and Kieran Cruz all found the back of the net there for Stephen Bradley's side. And there was an own goal too from Harvey O'Brien. Meanwhile then, it finished scoreless between second place Derry City and Bohemians at the Ryan McBride Brandywell. The hosts had calls for a late penalty denied after Bo's Christian Novak appeared to handle the ball twice in the 90th minute. That was after a cross into the Bohemians' boss, a box. Derry boss Rory Higgins said afterwards that it was a key moment in the game that went against them. Elsewhere then, Dundalk came from behind to beat Cork City 2-1 away from home. Drogheda beat St. Pat's 2-1 with a 94th minute winner from Dara Markey. And Shelburne and Sligo Rovers played out a one-all draw at Talca Park. In the first division, Galway United remained 10 points clear at the top of the table. That's after a 2-0 win over Wexford, while second place Waterford beat Bray 3-1. Cove Ramblers came away from Treaty United with a 1-0 win, while Athlone Town beat Kerry 1-0 and Finn Harps beat Longford 3-2. You're watching Derry Bohemians? Yeah, poor game, particularly in the first half. Oh, it was really, really dire stuff. Lacked any sense of quality or intensity. The second half, I thought Derry particularly picked it up coming out after the break, but they couldn't break Bohemians down. They just couldn't find a goal. They couldn't convert any of their opportunities. But I don't know how they were denied that penalty and the referee was in a clear point um, that he could see it so I'd love to get his opinion on that in relation to why it wasn't a penalty the ball bounced off his right hand down onto the ground and then back up off his left hand so it was a double handball I really don't understand how it wasn't a penalty and Rory Rory Higgins was incensed Rightly, you can argue, and he was yellow carded for his protests. So he's a man under pressure because Rover is now six points clear. Derry needed a win out of that game, so they'll see that as two points dropped. Yeah, I think Rovers. I've, I've just seen that penalty decision, and 
I think it's I think it's actually quite harsh. I, it is a double handball, and I think in the modern interpretation of the handball law, it probably is a penalty. But I think in years gone by, that probably would have been seen as you know it is quite accidental. He's not really st- stopping a goal scoring opportunity. It's one of those ones. The second one literally just bounces up onto his hand. There's not a whole lot he can do about it. It's a natural position. The first one is a little bit unnatural. You could kind of see if the referee had given it. I don't think Bohemians could, or I don't think Bowes could have really given out about it. But it's one of those games where you know Derry wanted to be seen as kind of title challengers this year, and you just see Shamrock Rovers just steamrolling past UCD and going six points clear. Now that's a, a game that Derry had to win last night, particularly up at the Ryan McBride and. Uh, look, I think we know that Rovers are going to win the title, don't we? Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those ones where you know, like Pat's were, and Pat's were rallying there recently, and they got beaten last night. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that that Rovers have it, um, but I might be wrong. Um, the small matter of the Champions League final this evening. Pep Guardiola will once again look to win the Champions League with Manchester City tonight. His side go into the game against Inter Milan as heavy favourites in Istanbul. Guardiola was criticised for his team selection in the final two years ago when they lost to Chelsea. This is the final major title that Guardiola has left to win with City. And speaking ahead of tonight's showdown, he said he was asked about the intensity of the preparations. Absolutely a dream. And you know to achieve to achieve things, always you have to have the correct portion of obsession. You know to desire to want it. When the obsession is a is a positive word for the fact to be desired and willing, you know, to try to do it. But of course, a dream for all of us. We are here, but normally it doesn't happen. That is, we know exactly how important it is the competition. But uh, I don't control what the people have an opinion about the type of game and just focus what you have to do. So I saw as much games as possible about Inter de Milan to try to know them as better as possible and and try to do our game. At the end, everything finishes a, a football game and the team who are going to perform better during 95 minutes, they will be the winners, they will be the favourites. So what happened in the past, in the season, if you can count about the history in this competition, Inter de Milan is bigger than us. But that is not important. It's not important that people say you are favorite or favorite or not favorite. This is not important. Important tomorrow at 10 p.m. Istanbul time, do the best performance as possible. That will make the difference. It's a day to celebrate it. So the Inter fans, the Manchester City fans, it's a day to be happy to celebrate being here. I read in one of the papers that he doesn't eat. Uh, until the game is over. So it's going to be a long day for Pep Guardiola. They have to win it, and they should win it. I think most people in their minds feel they already have won it, but you never know on a day in sport. That's the beauty of sport. You just never know. Inter Milan still have a chance, and it'll be just a fascinating match. But if they do win it, it will cement, on the football pitch anyway, the legacy of Manchester City. City and Pep Guardiola as well I mean he will absolutely complete football obviously he's won the Champions League before but to do it with this City side which is now the best team in Europe and they really should win this game as well I'm just looking at a brilliant article by James Horncastle just to, to give the other side of it uh, with the um, Inter Milan defender Francesco Acerbi he's 35 years old and he's going to try to stop Erling Haaland today which is a tough ask but he's a, a tough man himself Acerbi he came back from cancer 10 years ago next month will be the 10th anniversary of finding out his diagnosis and uh, for somebody like that you know he's in the, the twilight of his career he's playing in the biggest game in European football he's playing against the world's best striker he's somebody that's probably going to go out there and just think this is a shot to nothing here 
this is something that you know we've seen Inter Milan come into finals and do before. They're happy enough to shut it down, to play anti-football if that's what it takes. And that could be the one thing that City haven't really come up against this year, a team that's just solidly defending, um, that is just happy enough not to play football. And if we start to see the the frustration creep in for City a little bit, if, you know, De Bruyne is starting to throw the hands up in the air a bit, if Haaland's not getting the service that he's usually getting, it, you know, the longer the tension keeps up in this game, the longer it becomes anti-football, I think the better chance that Inter Milan have. And I do see that Inter Milan do have the the strikers to kind of just snatch this victory what a story it would be. If You're predicting Inter Milan to win this? I, I wouldn't be throwing the house on it or anything like that, but I think if we get to about 60 minutes, 65 minutes, and you know whoever they start with, if it's Dzeko coming on, if it's Lukaku coming on, I, I can see a bit of panic setting in for City a little bit because this is the one they want to win. The FA Cup final was a, a nice kind of bonus last weekend, but this is the one they want to win, and, and nerves can play a big part in a final like this. So I, I think Milan might just sneak it. I think even if you keep Haaland quiet, someone else in that city sure, squad will step fair. up. Yeah. Jack Grealish, Kevin De Bruyne, Ilkay Gundogan. Look what he's done in the run-in in the Premier League and the FA Cup. I think it might be simple to say, but City are too good. I don't think there's any stopping them tonight. I think this game, unfortunately, could be over in the first half, which is a disappointment because it's the Champions League, it's European's elite football, it's the tournament. It's the biggest club game in the world. It's the tournament we all love. It generally brings drama and it will bring mesmerising football tonight, but it'll be one-sided. And it's been a poor Champions League and I think we got one good game, the game at the Bernabeu, and that was about it. And I don't think tonight will be great. I hope I'm wrong. I'd love if I'm wrong and we get some drama, but I think if Inter are going to do it, it won't be mesmerising football. Do you know what I mean? It'll be a kind of... Smashing ground. Yeah. So we could get some drama tonight, but I don't really see it. But it feels as well like this is, you say this will cement City's legacy. This as well feels like a moment in time, you know, for football, because football is now going in a direction that we haven't seen before. It's going to be owned by the Gulf states, essentially. So it feels like there's no going back from this if City win tonight. And that's something we're all just going to have to live with. This could be a massive victory for Italian football as well. I mean, Italian sides made it to all three uh, European finals this year and lost the first two of them. So if Inter can manage to get a victory tonight, maybe we start to see... Because Italian football has fallen off the cliff really for the last little while and kind of attentions have been diverted elsewhere but I think that Italian football might need this victory just to, to get a bit of respect back on its name You're too. so much more positive than I'm, I, I'm a football romantic I, just, I suppose I don't see Roma- this Romance happening. and realism in the studio today on a Saturday uh, good, news, good news for Arsenal fans William Saliba has agreed terms on a new four year deal at the club Oh massive The 22 year old uh, Frenchman uh, we also have Leeds, uh, a change in ownership there. So uh, Andrea Rad, uh, Rizzani has uh, sold his stake in the club, his majority stake, for £170 million to these uh, San Francisco 49ers, the people behind the 49ers. Obviously, we know that Leeds are in the championship next season, so a change in ownership there. There's uh, women's football to bring us up to speed on. Captain Katie McCabe is set to link up with the Republic of Ireland squad before their friendly against Zambia. This was confirmed last night late on after an agreement between the clubs and countries. McCabe will now come into Vera Pau's World Cup squad on the 19th of June with that game set to be played on the 22nd. However, it is unclear yet if she will play. It's of course less than six weeks now until Ireland Ireland's opening game at 
the tor- against the tournament co-hosts Australia. Meanwhile, there's a top of the table clash in the women's premier division later on today. Leaders Piemont United face Shamrock Rovers from a quarter to five. Piemont go into the game at Tala Stadium with a three-point advantage over their opponents. Elsewhere today, holders Shelburne host Wexford Youths. Bottom side Cork City go to Bohemians. DLR Waves take on Treaty United and Slagger Rovers play Galway United. Did you enjoy the week of golf drama? I, I was sitting in a, a course and the, everybody's phone just went off at the <laughs> same time. It was like this real dramatic moment and we were all kind of looking around going, surely this is a mistake. This can't be right. They can't have just surprise announced this, that there would have been something going on in the background. We would have heard something about this, but yeah, just just absolutely crazy that even the players were finding out on Twitter and stuff like that. That's that's absolutely insane when you think how much the players have played such a huge role in kind of the back and forth of this that they weren't even consulted and that it's just kind of here's the situation now lads deal with it and we've tried to see some of the players dealing with it today and Rory dealt with it pretty nicely yesterday with a six under round and we'll hear a bit more about that later but yeah just a <laughs> crazy situation yeah, Gary Murphy will speak to us about 2.35 to unpick what's happened in terms of the truce between the warring factions in golf. Um, as uh, Aidan said there, Rory's playing at the uh, Canadian Open, Anne-Marie. That's right. And McElroy put himself back into contention to retain his Canadian Open title. He's, of course, going for a third consecutive title here. He shot an impressive six under par round of 67 overnight in Toronto. And that leaves him six under all round, just three shots behind China's Carl Yuan, who has a one stroke advantage over the chasing pack. Shane Lowry is three under par at the halfway point. Stephanie Meadow, meanwhile, is in a battle to make the cut at the ShopRite LPGA Classic. She's three over par, preparing for her second round this afternoon. The projected cut mark there is level par. The lead is seven under. Now you're from Galway, Anne-Marie. Do you feel confident about tomorrow? I think Galway have to win tomorrow's Leinster final more than Kilkenny, which would kind of add to the sense that they have to go out and do this. There was so much excitement and furore over Henry Shefflin's appointment as Galway Senior Hurling Manager and it feels like his tenure hasn't really got going but yet it's into its second season so something has to happen. They need to win something. It's 2018 since Galway last won a bit of silverware. This Galway Hurling squad over the years have underachieved. I think they'll all admit that themselves and they need to do something. So I think tomorrow they need to win more than Kilkenny. Kilkenny, obviously, at the beginning of their new journey post Brian Cody. But at the same time, you can never ride off Kilkenny with the likes of TJ Reid on the pitch. So I think Galway need to win it more. And I hope to see that fight and a bit of bottle from them and to not go in to um, or not to go behind as well, to come out early and to set something down in the game will be really important because they can't keep giving away these massive leads. So we'll see. But I think they need to do something tomorrow. About Limerick Clare? Yeah, Limerick Clare, we were just chatting to, to Mick McCarthy outside there and he was... Producer about, of the evening show. Exactly, and he was chatting a bit about how we always say that Munster is this, you know, ultra-competitive animal and it's it's amazing to watch, but if Limerick go five in a row, where does that competitiveness actually stand when you look at the, the grand scheme of things? Um, I think I would give Clare 
probably the best chance they've ever had since 1998. Um, I think they're the team in form. I think Limerick have something to prove uh, tomorrow. I was kind of interested to see that Keane Lynch isn't being trusted with a start tomorrow. I would have thought that he would come back in just because he has that that, just that bit of flair but maybe that's what they're going to need it is going to be a 70 minute game and you will need every single player off the bench to make an impact tomorrow but I think if Clare can just keep Limerick at arm's length for maybe the first half again that panic might set in a little bit and uh, there's a really interesting article about Caroline Currid's role yes uh, I read that yeah with, with Limerick and how that's going to be you know, she's kind of a, a mental coach with the players and obviously you know they haven't really needed to, to kind of overcome any huge obstacles up until this point but I mean this is where she'll earn her big bucks, I suppose, at this stage. But, um, yeah, I think I would give Claire a little bit of an advantage. And like Anne-Marie, I think it's very interesting to see where Henry Shefflin goes if Galway lose tomorrow, because, like you say, there was just this kind of excitement coming in and Galway are really going to be challengers. And that really hasn't come to pass. Yes. Is, yeah, yes, I suppose. I mean, we're kind of in a, a football manager kind of state of mind where, you know, he's only two two years in. If he was in the Premier League, he'd probably be gone by now, whereas GA managers probably should be given that little bit more time. Um, I think the players really haven't haven't put his vision into into practice yet. But it doesn't look like the old Ballyhale teams, which were, you know, obviously winning All-Irelands and, and stuff like that. But, yeah, I think I can see Kilkenny winning tomorrow and I can see Clare taking that as well. You're going tomorrow, Johnny, excited? Uh, yeah, sure. Look, uh, anybody who's um, on a train or driving down to a Munster final, look, it's maybe not as important in the GA calendar as it was 30, 40 years ago, but it's still, like it's a sellout tomorrow. There's a huge passion for the fact that Limerick, as Aidan was saying, they're going for five in a row. 1986 is the last time that happened when Cork achieved it and Clare haven't won a Munster in 25 years. The game last year was incredible. I think actually the, the difficulty of the conditions helped that. Tony Kelly's sideline cut, uh, went to extra time. There was a point between them earlier in the round robin. Uh, I know Limerick are at home, but Clare are happy with that. There'll be uh, even split in terms of the tickets. Um, the Clare fans don't have far to travel. It's on their side of the, the, the Shannon. So look, this is what it's all about. And to be fair, the hurling championship has stood up and the football championship hasn't really got going because I think there's too many games and too many meaningless games. So when they get to the preliminary quarterfinals and the quarterfinals, that's when we'll see football where hurling is right now. Um, it's just a bit of a pity that maybe the two games are on the same day. Yeah, I think that's a, a bit of a bugbear of mine as well, particularly anybody who's going to to the game in Crow Park tomorrow. I know Crow Park are actually opening the doors a little early so you can go in and actually watch the Munster final there but that's not the same atmosphere and a lot of people are, are hurling people rather than just supporting one of the counties so I'm sure a lot of people would like to see would like to go to both games and I think it is you know, uh, we do have a, a condensed season and, you know, they're trying to get games played wherever they can. But I do think that the Munster final and Leinster final are two games that probably deserve a whole weekend to themselves, that you can have a, a massive build-up for the entire week. They could have played it today. They could have played it today, yeah, absolutely. There's nothing's going on in Crow Park, I believe. It's it's not like it's happening in Slane or anything. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's a bit of a shame. But, you know, people will want to watch both games. And It'll be interesting to see the crowd that's at Croke Park tomorrow. Yeah, the 20s I, to 30s. I don't estimate it'll be very big. Yeah, it'll be in 20s to 30s. Uh, we have Gaelic football action today. 
The Talton Cup takes centre stage as we reach the preliminary quarterfinals. First up, Offaly welcome Wexford to Glenisk O'Connor Park. There's a four o'clock start there. An hour later, New York will look to replicate the magic they enjoyed at the start of the season when they face Carlo at Netwatch Cullen Park. Later on then this evening, Fermanagh against Leash is at Brewster Park and Down take on Longford in Newry. Meanwhile, there's two Group 2 games down for decision in the Glen Dimplex All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship. Tipperary host Dublin from 5 o'clock and then at 6, Kilkenny welcome Wexford to Nolan Park. And it uh, has been Teddy McCarthy's funeral today. So look, our thoughts are with his um, loved ones and uh, we'll speak about that again on the um, Saturday panel, the hurling panel. We have tennis news, summary. World number one and defending champion Iga Swiatek faces Karolina Mukova in the Women's French Open final today. They're due on court in Paris at two o'clock Irish time. Novak Djokovic, meanwhile, says he's relishing the opportunity to make yet more history. He'll bid to win a record-breaking 23rd Grand Slam tomorrow when he takes on fourth seed and last year's finalist Kasper Ruud in the men's decider. Two-time champion Ash Roland Garros Djokovic made light work of world number one Carlos Alcaraz yesterday in their semi-final, beating him in four sets. He won the final two sets, 6-1, 6-1. That was after the Spaniard suffered cramp. Here is the Serbian after he booked his place in his seventh French Open decider. I don't think experience... Um can be a decisive, decisive, uh, decisive factor in, in matches like this. It can help maybe manage your emotions or uh, energy expenditure, I would say, um, but <laughs> it's not going to win you a match. I mean, you have to really come out and with a clear game plan, with the uh, right execution. So uh, that's what I try to do, and I, I think... Um, the quality of my tennis um, today um, was was really high and, and um, best match of the tournament came at the right time and I put myself again in a position to fight for another Grand Slam trophy so you know I've been very fortunate that, that you know most of the, the matches and tournaments I played in the last few years are there's history on the line so uh, I like the feeling. It's a, it's a privilege. It's, it's incredible privilege to to be able to make history of the sport that I truly love and has given me so much. So uh, the motivation is is very high, as you can imagine. And you know, there's uh, one more to go, and hopefully, get my hands on the trophy. Yeah, hot favorite Novak Djokovic against Kasper Ruud tomorrow in Paris, and that's been the French Open over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we got a bit of basketball news to finish. The Denver Nuggets are one victory away from winning basketball's NBA for the first time in their 56-year history. They've taken a 3-1 lead over Miami Heat in the seven-game series final, beating their rivals for the title by 108 points to 95. Nikola Jokic again proved a mismatch for Miami. The Serbian posted 23 points and 10 rebounds. I believe he's friends with Novak Djokovic. The Nuggets can lift the trophy at their home court in the early hours of Tuesday morning. Are you well up in this? I wouldn't be that well up in the Denver Nuggets, I have to say. No, I was just saying to Anne-Marie outside, the, the NBA is just one sport that I just can't get a hold of. I think it's something that, that Harlan... Did you watch The Last Dance in lockdown? I did watch yeah. The Last Dance, all right. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch a basketball documentary, but I just think the games, I, I just can't really get excited about them. I think there's probably too many scores in basketball. It's something that Harlan, the 
that's been tarred with the same brush for the last little while. I think by me, yeah, an awful lot of the the scores are just they're so spectacular but so meaningless, I suppose. And every game just comes down to that final two minutes where you know something actually happens. So I think you can probably watch the last two minutes of every basketball game and kind of get the story from oh, that. Are you cynic? That's me. No, I'm not very up to speed on this. I didn't even watch The Last Dance in lockdown. I'm not... The a, only person in Ireland that didn't. I'm not a bandwagoner. <laughs> I, I don't jump on things. I know, yeah, so many lads I know as well buying like basketball merchandise after watching The Last Dance. No, I didn't watch it. Okay. I don't follow basketball. On that on that very, very positive note, Marie Donnellan <laughs> and Aidan Delaney, thank you for the news round. Remember, folks, as well, as you're binging on sport this weekend, pick out your best performance of the weekend, whether it's a player, manager, even the ref. Tune in to OTP's Instagram page tomorrow evening, Sunday. Leave your selection in the comments under our performance rankings post if your selection matches our top pick live on Monday's OTP AM. Remember the chance then of winning the Gillette Labs Exfoliating Razor, Skin Guard Shaving Gel and a Refill Blades Pack. That is the Gillette Labs performance rankings for an effortless finish to your day. Now we know hurling is the greatest sport in the world and coming up after the break is the Saturday panel as we preview these Leinster and Munster finals with TJ Ryan, Owen Kelly and Brian Hogan. Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk is back after this.